0: Why it's okay to falter and fail, and how to pick yourself back up again. That's our question for today, which was inspired by the subtitle of a new book called Blank, which is out this week. And I'm delighted to be joined by one of the authors, Giles Paley Phillips, who's here with us today. He's going to be sharing some words of reassurance about as I say, why it's okay to falter and fail, which he terms blank moments, as well as some practical strategies that we can do to move past these sticky patches. Charles knows more about this subject than most because he hosts the incredible Blank podcast, the same name as the book, which features a dazzling array of celebrities and prominent public figures, from politicians to sporting legends to stars of film and television. And the fascinating thing about all these people is, as you'll hear from Giles, they're just like us. They're not superhuman. They falter and fail too. Whether we're talking about great writers or actors having creative blocks and getting stuck on a major project, or whether we're looking at a politician having a total mind blank and standing frozen mid-speech in Parliament. Quick American translation, that's basically the UK's Senate. Giles has heard it all and more on his podcast and writes about it in the book, Blank. One of the reasons I was particularly keen to bring Giles on to share some of these insights is that so many of the famous and respected names he's interviewed about blank moments in his time have talked about how school and education generally have been such a pivotal part of their story. And there's even a whole chapter in the book dedicated to blank moments at school, which has got some great insights in it, many of which come out in today's conversation. There's so much I took away from talking to Giles.
1: So without further ado, let me introduce you to him and let's get right into the interview. My name is Giles Payer phillips I would say my main gig is probably writing, although I would say in recent years I have become a, a podcaster and a producer produced lots of other podcasts. But yeah, writing's still my main bag, I suppose. So one of the projects we're hopefully going to talk about a little bit today with
0: regards to writing and podcasting is the Blank Podcast and the book of the same name, Blank, Why it's fine
1: to falter and fail and how to pick yourself up again. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's taken me a while to get that title. (laughs) I was hoping it would just be Blank. It'd be really easy to say. But I think that that sums it
0: up really nicely and it certainly certainly kind of hooked me in as a topic and and kind of I'd love to chat to you a bit more about what that kind of means I know you on the kind of the podcast you talk a lot about this idea of kind of blankness and blank moments what is that I mean it can mean perhaps slightly different things to different people just just give us a flavor of the sorts of things that can that can
1: encompass well yeah I mean I mean to wind back a little bit the idea of the podcast came about really because I think I was trying to write a novel I'd written one novel verse novel and I was working on another one and I was just really in a difficult place with it And I remember getting talking to Jim, who I do the podcast with, co-hosts and producers with me, and he's a stand-up comedian, and he'd sort of got the fear of getting back on stage, um, back on the days where you could do live gigs. You know, we were both sort of having our blank moments with regards to creativity, and that's kind of how it started. It was more about creativity and wanting to talk to other creative people about those moments, And I guess I think in my head, I was thinking, well, we'll talk to, remember we'll talk to writers, we'll talk to comedians, people that, you know, obviously are in the same industries as Jim and I. It became apparent that not only would this subject work with lots of different other industries as well, you know, we've, we've ended up talking to politicians and sports people and business people, actors and actresses. We also realized that it didn't just cover creative things. It covered so many other things. You know, I think in the first few recordings that we did, I was sort of looking at Jim and thinking, wow, there's such a big scope here for what blankness can be, you know, and it means so much. And 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 that has come about really with doing over hundred pods now, we've found that blankness means so much to different people. You know, and and the things that come up, you know, sort of time and again regularly are things like imposter syndrome, public failure, social anxiety, education is one, grief. I think that's probably that's probably quite a few of them. But but yeah, so The idea that, you know, blankness isn't just this sort of singular thing that's a broad kind of feeling for when you're not kind of creatively flowing, but it's also all these other things that um, mean different things to different people. So it's really fascinating how, you know, it's been a sort of, a journey for us as well, because we've, you know, we've discovered that blackness means so many different things. Yeah. And it,
0: I mean, it seems like it's everything from, uh, and I know the cover of your book's got that sort of snapped pencil. So that kind of moment of creative frustration where you can't get the words out, um, you know, through to something major, like you've just had a major life trauma or or grief or bereavement or something like that. And you're, you're just struggling to pick up the pieces of your whole life and get things back on track.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've had, uh, I mean, actually recently we've had some very, very heartbreaking kind of conversations with people who've gone through some really, really difficult times in their lives. And that is their, you know, that is their blank moment. And I guess also a thing that we wanted to do, which was also a positive thing is how do you get through those things? You know, how do you move on from those things and how, uh, how can we kind of advise other people that might be going through those moments? And hopefully there's lots that resonate for other people. And Perhaps why the podcast has become so popular is that, people will do resonate with something that's being said you know although they're kind of light-hearted sort of relaxed chats with people and i think that that's another great thing about podcasting is that you can have these sort of very candid conversations far more so than you know than, than other mediums where you you have interviews which are a lot more structured and you know, time. You know, like we m- we've got to go to the news now. You know, so there's there's all like rushed, isn't it? Or or someone's on to sell something. You know, we try and avoid talking about like particular projects that are coming up. You know, because it's but you know it's not a sales pitch sort of thing. You know, we're not getting people on to promote stuff necessarily, but you know, it is about having those sort of candid conversations and and the power of conversation again is is a wonderful thing. And I mean, Jim and I call it our therapy session every week because it's just so enlightening. We just get to meet these, you know, talk to these amazing people.
0: I mean tr- truly amazing like your, your guest list and you know I, people have said it before but it's an absolutely insane guest list like just looking at some of the names like David Harbour who you recognise from Stranger Things is Hopper Golfer and Nick Faldo uh, Mark Gattis who writes Doctor Who and Sherlock uh, Caroline Lucas the MP for the Green Party uh, Louis Theroux Gary Neville Gary Lineker Stephen Fry you know this literally goes on really kind of the great
1: and good <laughs> it's, it's insane <laughs> no it's um, I get slightly get goosebumps when we were writing the book i mean you know going back through the back catalogue and thinking god we interviewed them you kind of don't think about it at the time i guess because you're just in the moment of all you know for me i do i organize most of the interviews and stuff so you know it's all that kind of admin and stuff of working it out but um it's only when you reflect on these things sometimes that you actually realize how special you know and how lucky you've been yeah
0: yeah I wonder if there's something particularly special or encouraging or uh, helpful for people hearing from, you know, these these real sort of superstars of so many different domains and hearing about even if these people fail and falter and, you know, if it can happen to them, then you know, it's just completely
1: normal and that happens to all of us. Do you feel there's something, there's sort of something in that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's the amazing thing is that, you know, we are so similar. You know, we all have the same kind of neurosis and we balls about the world you know we all have the same kind of anxieties about things you know generally there is so much more that we have in common you know there's that great joe cox quote that you know it's just so incredibly true we we are all very similar i think you know like i say it started off as a creative kind of project talking to creative people which i thought we would have things in common with but you know obviously it's broadened out to many different other industries and it is just it's like a human thing you know and that i guess we are kind of investigating the human condition in it not sort of subconsciously i suppose but um yeah and that's that's the wonderful thing about it yeah
0: yeah, it's it's interesting. You mentioned uh, imposter syndrome a little while ago. I was actually doing a virtual talk for students at Mature College at Cambridge last night, and we were talking about various aspects of kind of mindset. Most of them were doing sort of PhDs or, or kind of research-based masters, and uh, you know, for students at that kind of level, imposter syndrome is, is huge and and pretty much ubiquitous among them, almost amongst that, that those kind of academic circles. Uh, and so we had a little chat about that as part of the the workshop. And I always kind of start with a, a quote from Albert Einstein, who described himself as being an involuntary swindler whose work doesn't deserve the recognition it received. And, you know, you just think, oh, blimey, like if Albert Einstein has that, <laughs> what hope do the rest of us have? And so it just completely, completely normalising. <laughs> yeah. Kind of talking about blank moments in in education, because uh, I guess that's of, of particular interest to, uh, to our listeners. I believe in the book, you've got a whole chapter about uh, blank moments at school and uh, maybe kind of, that was by extension, blank moments in education generally. Tell us a little bit about what you kind of talk about in
1: that part of the book a lot of the time what comes up with a lot of guests is that they've had a moment in school, differing kind of experiences of school, some good, some bad. But what has always stuck out is that there has been one person or, you know, like a mentor or someone who's really kind of gone out of their way to not necessarily push that person, but to guide them and advise them in a way that has actually led them to doing what they're doing. And so I think that's always been really interesting that that's come up time and time again, particularly with, I would say, actually more creative people than anyone else. It comes up a lot with actors, you know, that there's a, and it's not always a drama teacher. It might be an English teacher or something who has kind of said, well, you you actually be really good at doing this or, you know, just giving them that level of encouragement, which I guess is what we all want. I mean, we want that at any age, but particularly... You know particularly in teenage years where you're it's a really difficult time of life um and so just to have that little bit of guidance and and encouragement i think is something that's very very special and something that stuck with these people and it's something they always want to talk about and and actually there's been a couple of times where they probably they're talking about it and hadn't kind of realized the impact that that person had had on them and that's always really exciting as well because you hear you know you're hearing them almost acknowledging that for the first time but actually wow that mr so and so or mrs what's name they really had this massive impact on what I'm doing now in the world. So, you know, on my career. So that that's always really exciting. I mean, for me, school was a blank moment completely for me because I, I really struggled at school. I have to admit, I didn't have a particularly good home life. Um, so I think that didn't help. I live with my father and um, my grandmother in a one bedroom flat. So it was a bit, you know, it was a bit awkward and my circumstances weren't that great. So school was difficult and challenging for sure. Home life wasn't easy. So, School, it was kind of survival and school was just, I was obviously obviously expected to go, but I didn't, you know, for some people school would be a a sort of a little bit of a a respite for them. But I I found school very difficult and never felt very academic, particularly. I was was quite into sports and stuff and enjoyed doing sports and stuff at school. So that was a difficult time, I think, for me, school. And I think, you know, it's something that I've reflected on. Again, it's something I reflect on in the book but it wasn't till later that I kind of discovered learning and, and I joined a band and I was in a band for quite a few years and I did all that. And then, um, in my sort of early to mid twenties, I, um, started doing an OU degree because I just thought, well, you know, I haven't got really any qualifications. I want to do, I want to be able to do more things, you know? And I felt like at that point that doing some higher education stuff would help me and you know propel me onto other things. So I, I really, I really loved that course, you know, I did an an OU open degree and I absolutely adored the course and I really enjoyed it. And again, had that kind of encouragement and the OU open degree was good because you could choose which subjects you could do. You just had to get your points up to get the degree. So it meant I could pick and choose. That's the open university in in the UK, offers distance learning courses to anyone who... Yeah, so you can basically get 60 points kind of thing per year and then you get get your BA honours, which is kind of what I did. And what was great about it was that I could choose, obviously could choose the subjects I wanted to do, you know, like I did years on humanities. I did um, a year on creative writing was obviously something I was already interested in. Um, I did a year on music. So it was all these sort of things. And it was really lovely that I could pick and choose those things. And uh, I guess with the English education system is, you know, particularly these days, it's very much focused on STEM subjects, you know, science, maths and English. And whereas, you know, I, I probably wasn't as capable of getting good grades in those those things because i just didn't have the the academic warehouse whereas i was much more into sort of more creative subjects which weren't as encouraged but yeah but so anyway it is something that comes up a lot on the podcast you know people's experiences through education are obviously very varied we often start there actually when we start the podcast we often start with that this, this you know what was school like what was life like when in those times and it's always a very interested in with people because it's sometimes people haven't thought about it for a long time so you get them thinking and and it's always good for conversation i think yeah
0: oh, that's that's fascinating you mentioned earlier one of the things you you try and do is is offer some practical thoughts on on how to move on as well as tell the story and there's kind of a couple of things that's in that already um you know you mentioned the role of mentors and for so many people that's that's been a really important part of their journey having that 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 guide that kind of helps them find their their path and it sounded perhaps like in your case you managed to find what works for you perhaps in the absence of a mentor, uh, you know, having the freedom to pick and choose just things that inspired you through that degree from the Open University.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And maybe it's just me. I'm a bit kind of, sometimes a bit bloody minded about things and I, I get an idea in my head and I just kind of go, let's just do it. Okay. That's, you know, like most things that I've taken up or, or projects I've started is because I just thought it's just pinged into my head and then like I'm kind of committed almost before I've committed, if that makes sense. So yeah, things like the, doing the open university degree, um, I just felt like it was, for me at that point in my life, I thought it would it would open some doors for me and perhaps also I could grow as an individual because I could, you know, things I hadn't done in my sort of previous educational life, I hadn't really taken a lot from and or got a lot out of. So it was, you know, it was an opportunity to really own my education a little bit more i guess yeah
0: yeah so that's that's sort of very much taking your your path into your own hands i'm just curious on the on the mentor side of things mm. if you're not lucky enough to sort of have a mentor wander into your life and take you by the hand i wonder if there's just anything you know you can take into your own hands as an individual to go out there and try and attract mentors or find mentors do, do you have any particular thoughts on
1: on that yeah it's a funny one isn't it because i think yeah you don't i think sometimes you don't realize like I said earlier, like sometimes you don't realise that someone's a mentor to you until you know you start to sort of consider it a little bit more. So I think we do have those people in our lives, whether it's a friend encouraging you, or um, or a loved one, or maybe someone from outside. You know, maybe like you say, like a teacher or something like that, or if it's someone in your industry. If you started to break into an industry, I mean, some of the things we have are meet people that are encouraging along the way, or or teach them something, or learn something. But I guess if you're not. In, inherently you can't see that that's a specific person in your life that's doing that, then I think, I guess, again, it's like I said, with regards to going and decided to do an OU degree is that I had to kind of, I guess I was sort of mentoring myself to a certain extent or giving myself the tools to be able to do that. And then maybe I think also there's an opportunity if you're not being mentored to be a mentor in some way. So it might be that you know you can see someone else who might benefit? I guess from from that encouragement. I mean, I keep saying that word encouragement, but it's um, it's such an important word. I think it's something that we we can all do every day to someone them that little bit of encouragement because I think I think particularly at this time we all need a little bit of encouragement.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting as you as you were talking just now, I was just just kind of reflecting on, on that question about, you know, what you can do to, to try and find that guidance for yourself if there isn't someone coming along and saying, Here, I'll I'll guide you. You know, you obviously took matters into your own hands with kind of choosing a path of education, uh, which really helped give you a bit of a um, bit of inspiration, guidance, knowledge. I think perhaps not being afraid to ask if there's perhaps someone in the kind of periphery of your life, or even perhaps even someone, be brave and someone who doesn't know you even exist, but you've kind of identified them as being potentially someone who might be able to help you take a step in the right direction. You know, not being afraid to reach out and ask. You know, you're saying just now, if you're not being mentored, then being a mentor to someone else, I think a lot of people actually find a lot of purpose and sort of satisfaction in, in mentoring someone else uh, and being able to offer that. So, you know, if you're on the other side, not being afraid to ask and say, you know, can I have a chat about this? You know, I'm really interested in X, Y, Z. You know, this is what I've done already. This is where I'm ha- hoping to go. I wonder if you might be able to, to kind of help me take take the next step and just sort of share a few thoughts with me.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, um, well, on your first point, I think it's funny Whenever anyone says to me, oh, "I'm, you know, I'm struggling," it's generally writers that contact me and say, oh, "I'm really struggling with this thing writing. What, what do you suggest I do?" I always think, "Well, just put it aside, give yourself some space, and then what I do, I literally become ravenous for inspiration. So I will, like you say, read. I'll watch a movie. I'll listen to music, whatever it might be, because there's always something in there that will inspire and normally vanquishes that." Um, it almost exorcises that that kind of which you know in intensive purposes a blank a blank thing a blank moment with regards to creativity. So that's something that I always do. So I think you are you're right. You can find inspiration in 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 creative in creative art and stuff uh, and podcasts as well, for sure. So I think that's really important to do things like that to give yourself a break from what you're doing and to dive into creativity. Something I put on Twitter all the time is to reach out to people. And that whether that's through in an emotional way, if you're you know you need some comfort, but also, yes, absolutely reaching out to people is so important and asking for help. We're not particularly great at doing it in this country, I don't think, in the UK. I think we're a bit, you know, we're still a bit kind of a bit um tight-lipped and we're a bit kind of like, oh, we need to get on with this ourselves. But I think it's really important actually that you do that. Because um, like you say, I think, you know, I really enjoy it when people reach out to me, whether it's advice on podcasting or writing or anything like that. You know, I get I get messages quite a lot, actually, from people saying I'm, I've written something. How do I get it published? And it's really nice to be able to pass on that, um, that knowledge um, and advice about, you know, how do you fathom your way through the industry and know what things you should be doing so I really enjoyed that aspect of of my work so I think you're right I think people do enjoy doing that I think they do get a lot out of being mentors to other people and so yeah I think if you're you're feeling that way and you know someone or you think there's someone in your life that you could reach out to then I would I'd absolutely you know and and actually to be honest you know we've with social media and stuff we have got you know a portal to lots of different mentors. You know, you can ask, you could, you know, you might not always get a reply, but you know, a lot of the time you do get replies from people that are incredibly successful at what they do. And and I'm sure a lot of them are willing to talk and share their experiences. So, you know, we've got social media, you know, the best best aspects of social media are that you can, you can reach out to these amazing people and sometimes you, you know, they will get back to you and, and offer some advice. So I think that's really important as well. Absolutely.
0: I'd love to talk a little bit more about the writing and the the creative process because we have a lot of advice on the podcast that's perhaps geared slightly more towards, as you were saying, earlier, kind of science, STEM subjects, so sort of science, technology, maths, and um, you know where you are where kind of learning stuff, got to learn information. Uh, we're perhaps a little bit lighter historically on kind of advice for more creative fields, you know. So for for anyone kind of going through a, a creative process, trying to produce creative writing or, or kind of more creative work. You mentioned one kind of way to, to overcome that idea of writer's, you know, perhaps writer's block, you might want to call it, and, you know, setting it aside, being hungry for inspiration. What other thoughts do you have on best practice generally, I suppose, for for kind of producing, uh, let's say, a larger piece of, of creative writing, getting unstuck when you get stuck, helping you kind of see the project through, um, you know, any of your kind of top tips that you've, you've picked up over the years?
1: It's funny, people have such different ideas around this and i've talked to quite a lot of other writers particularly about this and some say you just got to keep driving forward keep writing you know i find that incredibly difficult to do personally individual kind of thing what works best for you someone said to me the other day that actually if you're particularly if you're going for a difficult period of writing is to give yourself little wins like so for example even if you just write a sentence that day. Like if in a whole day, if you just write one sentence, that is a, that is a win. You've won, you know, you've done one thing and then maybe the next day you might write two sentences or you might write three. It, and if you write none, that doesn't matter. You know, at least you did that one sentence. So really compartmentalizing and doing little bits. So baby steps kind of stuff. So that's one thing you can try. Um, like I said earlier, something I do is I just, I just set it aside and think, well, I'll come back to that. Because I think it's amazing what fresh eyes can do on any kind of project, whatever it is. Not even not just writing, but anything you're doing. I think fresh eyes always helps. So, and just yeah, just give yourself a break from it. You know, for me, like just trying to sit and write, I I w- will not get very far. So yeah, so I think uh, for me, it always helps to. I know it sounds, but just getting some exercise, maybe going for a walk, getting some fresh air, grab a coffee, just doing something different. I think really, really helps. You know, whatever it might be, I think it's actually physical exercise is often very, very good, actually. Um, and sometimes like the best ideas will, will come when you're um, 10 miles from home and you're walking across the field and you're thinking, ah, no, I need to get back. I need to find a bit of paper to write. on. Yeah, I think, like I say, it's, it's different for every individual. And I guess it's that's part of it is finding what works for you. Like I said, I've talked to lots of different writers and they all have their own little things that that, that help them. And like, whether it is like leaving it or pludging through the the treacle of of the of the writing um whatever it it might be um but for me it's always been that time to just put it aside have a break listen to some music that listen to you know listen to music go and watch a film do something very different but something that might you know might inspire you to get back to it yeah
0: yeah i i Totally agree about everything you just said. Uh, You know, different things work for different people and maybe different things work for the same person at different times. You know, there might be a time where you just need to kind of sit down and squeeze your brain and try and get it out. But then there's other times just to take that step back and kind of walk away from it. I think the brain's often very good at joining the dots when you release that immediate pressure of having to focus in the
1: moment. So that's what you're saying. You know, those great ideas come to you when you're walking or in in the shower. And I would say actually, William, so just going on from that, we had uh, Izzy City on on Blank Podcast, who's a comedian and writer. And she says one of the best thing that she does is she'll play Pac Man. So if she's having like if she can't write, she's it's not fine, She'll play Pac Man, or she'll go. She said she'd go for a drive. She'll do something quite mundane. And I think that mundanity. I remember I used to work in a shop, and it was not always that busy. And that just that mundanity allows. I don't know if it just allows the brain to just to germinate. Like I guess because you're not really focused on anything particular. You're able to sort of daydream a little bit and that's often where good ideas come from. I think like the the monotony of just going around eating the little pellets as Pac-Man um doing you know, something quite simple for the brain I guess then starts to spark other things for her. So that was really interesting actually it's something I have tried to do a little bit. I mean I don't say like go and play Halo or something like something that's really going to take all your mind but something quite simple and and something with the kind of, kind of a rhythm to it i think that that really does help a lot actually so yeah that 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 was a really good tip and it's one that i've i've tried to do a little bit as well We've been chatting a bit about you know some of the more practical things we can we can do to help
0: kind of overcome blankness blank moments. Uh, one of the things I've always found interesting about the podcast, and I, I think you, you've kind of reflected this in the book as well, various habits come up in, in kind of conversation about things that help people <laughs> achieve what they want in life. Uh, you know, if you were going into chat to a bunch of six formers or kind of university students, and you wanted to share some of the perhaps the habits either from your own life or that you've kind of heard some of these successful people on your your podcast talking about, um, more often than not. You know what might be the the kind of handful of things you'd particularly highlight as being useful habits that you might want to consider uh, adopting and, and bringing into your own life.
1: My family, we do every night we do a we do a thing called the good, the bad, and the gratitude, where we we say one good thing about the day, one bad thing, and then one thing we're grateful for, and that's been really really fantastic as a family just to open up discussions with one another about you know how we're feeling or what's going through our minds that day, and uh, and also reflect on the good things that we have in our lives. The gratitude list and the idea in the book kind of came about because we talked to um, a comedian called Marcus Brigstock. He's been through rehab; he's recovering addict, and he said that's something that he's been doing for like twelve years. It was really interesting that he said he does that gratitude list every day. You know, religiously does it, and um, how much of an impact that's had on him and his recovery. So that's, I mean, that's an amazing story. You know, we've been through a, a, a time of reflection. Um, globally haven't we and I think really important for us all to try and reflect sometimes on where we're at in our lives and you know often we are terribly hard on ourselves and can be our own worst trolls sometimes with regards to where we're at whether it's academically or in our careers or you know whatever things any pursuits that we we adopt, we can be very, you know, we can generally be quite hard on ourselves. And I think sometimes it's important to reflect. And it's something that Jim says, it's Jim's catchphrase on the podcast is give ourselves the win, you know, and, uh, you know, be a bit less hard on ourselves and, and really kind of look at how far we've come. Um, so that's an important thing. Um, something Dawn French said to us, she'd been through a difficult time in her life. And what she said is that she'd really leaned into that moment. Like, she, I think she lost her father, which was quite young and she said that when she when she's going through a difficult period, she really leans into it, and you and China tries to use it, I guess, with regards to pushing through. Like tries to use, I guess, the knowledge of where she was before that thing happened and where she's going to, and knowing that things will be okay when she gets through to the other side because she's been okay before. So I think that's that's really uh, quite empowering. I think if you know that, um, you know, things will generally. Be okay. Whatever sort of moments you're going through, as difficult and as challenging they at as a time, I think it's important to know that you know it's it, you will get through those things, and you know you you might be changed from that experience, but you will get through it. So that's that was that was really interesting and and something that again I've tried to put in place. But then I guess on more um, practical things, yeah, it, getting a good night's sleep for sure is very important and something that um, we've talked about with a lot of people on the podcast. A lot of creative people we talk to don't sleep very well. That's really interesting. I don't know if there's, a like I say, whether it's busy brains. I've had problems with sleep as well in the past. Then generally it's because you wake up in the middle of the night and your brain is already whizzing. And I think rest and stuff, you know, like we were saying earlier, like making sure that you get out and get exercise. I mean, it's, it's a kind of basic kind of human things that we need to do it's amazing how much of an impact they have on our, you know, on our brains and our minds and how we, how we get through our days. You know, it's really important to exercise. It's really important to rest. So I think, you know, from a practical point of view for our bodies, we do need to do those things as well. So I'd always advise people to try, even if it's just a little walk or something or a bit of yoga or whatever it might be just for half an hour and make sure you get a good night's sleep. Too much coffee. Oh, too much coffee, particularly close to bedtime.
0: <laughs> yeah, int- yeah, like you were saying with that writing habit. You know, even if it's only one sentence a day, I think with the exercise, it might be a similar thing. If you can't commit to doing a 10k run every day, then you know, at least getting out, even if it's literally just 10, 15 minutes, move about a bit, get a little walk in, and then, then coming back. If that's all you can do, then that's a heck of a lot better <laughs> than doing nothing. I think uh, you know, giving yourself the win and, and having a little micro habit, just making sure
1: there's something in there every day consistently. Just going back to that micro thing, we had a we had a guest on called Alistair Humphrey, who's a an adventurer, and he he's written a whole book on micro adventures. I would recommend anyone buy it because they're little tiny things that you can do in the day that will just get you out of you know if you particularly if you you're in a, in a frustrated state, I guess one of the tips he does he had a, there was a tree at the end of his road and he would just go and climb the tree and sit in the tree for half an hour and that was his little micro adventure for that day so whatever you know they're not like they're not impossible things to do but they're just nice little things that you do to break up your day and just get you out of that mindset if you're particularly if you're you're having a difficult moment i think it's really important so yeah i'd highly recommend Seeking out that book because there's some really interesting little tips and stuff you can do.
0: That sounds really fun. I'd love to <laughs> uh, dig that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also love your thought on about you know things will be okay. You know, I've got through similar things before. Uh, you know, I can come out the other side as well. And my own little build on that actually is I really love the phrase. You know, what is this designed to teach me? And even in your darkest moments, your toughest times, biggest failures, or most stinging setbacks. There's always something you can find by way of positive answer to this question, even if it's only this is designed to teach me resilience uh, or something of that nature. Um, And just kind of flipping that, you know, even really, really difficult situation into something positive and something that you can learn and grow through, as well as it just being something you have to push through. There's something you can can learn from it, makes you stronger in some way on the other side.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to realise that failure isn't a bad thing. Failure and mistakes are good things. They're learning processes. You know, they you go again and you try and do it differently or better next time. So, yeah, I think that's the thing. We, we've got to stop seeing failure as a, as a negative thing and actually is a very positive thing. Sometimes, why well, it's fine to falter and fail. <laughs>
0: exactly, <laughs> excellent. Well, that seems like a fantastic note to you know start to bring the conversation to a close. And just before I go, I'd love to ask you a couple of questions. One of which is, tell us a little bit more about the the book, and you know where we might be able to get hold of
1: it. Well, the book is out in April the fifteenth. Uh, you can get it from all good bookshops and probably some bad ones as well, uh, and Amazon and all those kind of places. Hive important to support your independent bookshop. So hive.co.uk, you can buy books through there. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a labor of love. Jim and I, Jim's never written a book before. So, you know, I, I mean, again, it's going back to that thing I was saying earlier about the scope of the podcast when we first started recording. I, I kind of thought there might be, it, this could expand into something else. And obviously the book was, was one of the ideas. and And so it's lovely to see it now and um, it was a joy to write really really enjoyed writing my first kind of dabble with non-fiction and it's a bit memoir in parts and then a bit self-help um and there's lots of obviously lots of um useful information and advice from our, our wonderful guests so yeah it's a really it was a really really enjoyable book to to write and um yeah i hope other people will really resonate with what's uh of all the subjects that we sort of and themes we talk about. Fantastic.
0: Well, we put links to, to all of that to make it easy for people to find, um, as well as to your, to your podcast and so forth. So that will all be in the, in the show notes. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, <laughs> highly encourage people to, to go and, go and check that out. Just in closing, I, I always ask uh, Giles, uh, my guests, what kind of their one uh, big piece of advice would be if they had the luxury of stepping in a time machine and going back and hanging out with their maybe 17, 18 year old self. What what would you want to tell yourself back at that age to, to kind of help help him on his path at that, uh, at that junction in life?
1: I would probably say what I just said a minute ago, is it's going to be okay? <laughs> Adulting is not as daunting as uh, you might be thinking at this moment try and enjoy yourself and don't be hard on yourself um they would be the sort of few things i would i would say i'd probably give myself a hug as well excellent
0: fantastic Charles. i love that thank you ever so much for a fantastic conversation it's been such fun to chat uh, thank you ever so much for, for coming on the show today
1: well thank you so much thanks for having me on
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Giles. If you did, one thing that would really help us out is taking a few moments to leave a rating and review in your podcast app. We read every single one and they really inspire us to keep the quality of the show as high as possible for you guys, as well as helping the students who need our material most to be able to find their way to the show. So I'd be super grateful for that. Do join us again next week when I'll be zooming in on how to pick yourself up when you're just feeling overwhelmed by how much there is to do. Until then, study smart and wishing you every success.
1: If you've got exams coming up, you can now get all of William's favourite tips and tricks to save you
0: time and get you higher grades, all in one handy cheat sheet. Grab your copy at slash free tips. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.